0: Like how long do you think it would have taken you to save up a hundred thousand bucks?
1: A long time. Right? I mean we wouldn't have been able to if you you know, saving just isn't the way to wealth. And I've learned that through you. Hmm. You know, but you can try and set even if you're to look at your finances and say, Okay, I'm gonna set aside five hundred bucks a month. Like yeah, how you know, how realistic is that that you're gonna be able to set aside five hundred dollars a month and save up to a dollars Because... The the hard part becomes we all have things that happen in life and that's you know kind of uh, why you keep some savings in the bank right but I don't know that it's realistic to you just we always have things that happen in life your car dies this happens your hot water heater goes out whatever it might be and so you always have these expenses and so um, it, it it just cuts into that savings right so the only way I've ever seen to make true wealth in the shortest amount of time has been through investing.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Financially Free Investor, where you will learn information and strategies on how to become financially independent by investing in real estate, something that is not taught openly in our society today. Financial freedom matters so you can live a bigger life, retire early, and do what matters most to you. Get ready to hear tried and true methods to becoming financially free with your host, Jordy Clark. Everyone, welcome into another episode of the Financially Free Investor. Today, our episode is awesome. Uh, We have Hunter Laver joining us. Um, Hunter, he's actually on my real estate team. Uh, He works with a lot of our buyers that are looking to buy, sell, and invest um, here in the Salt Lake area. So, uh, and he's done a few deals himself. So, I just thought, hey, this would be a great opportunity. Uh, You know, I, I bring a lot of Bigger investors on, but this will be a great opportunity to hear from somebody who's just getting going, done a few deals in the trenches with other investors who are in similar similar places, and most of you who are listening are just you know getting started, getting going, uh, needing motivation. And and the feedback I've gotten is you know these stories really help. It. And I'm trying to find a different level of you know people in different stages. So with that being said, Hunter, welcome in.
1: Thank you, Jordy. It's uh, awesome to be on the podcast. Uh, When you asked me to be on it, uh, I was really excited, so I'm I'm grateful to be on here with you.
0: Well, as long as you didn't curl up in the fetal position crying (laughs) in your bedroom, we're... (laughs) Okay. So, uh, yeah, why don't you kind of tell the folks a little bit about yourself, Um, give them a good idea in a couple minutes. Yeah,
1: so uh, again, my name's Hunter. I've been in real estate for geez about four years right around uh the time that i got into real estate so i started as an agent i'm still an agent to this day but um my wife and i purchased it was actually the first deal i ever did was we purchased our first uh condo Uh, a condo in Cottonwood heights here in utah um and so i've been in the business ever since for a lot of years i was a solo agent and then um when I joined the brokerage that I did, I actually lucked out and uh, got Jordy to be my um, mentor, so to speak. They parry with a mentor, and uh, that's how I met Jordy and got on his team. A couple years into the business, and it just completely shifted the dynamic of my business, and you know made me realize that you know we could all kind of grow more collectively as a team and as a whole. So, um, anyways, that's just a little bit about me and a nutshell my experience thus far. Awesome. So uh, why'd you get your real estate license? So I got my real estate license. It was kind of interesting how I got into real estate. Um, I grew up, my dad had always owned real estate. uh, Not like a ton of doors or anything, but he always owned his personal residence and a couple investment properties. And so I, I always saw that, and I also just noticed that his friends that were really successful, they all Owned real estate. Maybe they had different businesses that were like their primary source of income, but they always had rental properties or commercial buildings or whatever it might've been. And so, um, my dad and I, after I had gotten out of college, I had just decided that I wanted to not pursue, uh, something in the medical field and that I wanted to go into business for myself in some sense. That's what my parents had always done when I was growing up. So like working a nine to five job just didn't seem, uh, it just didn't make sense because that's not what I grew up with. I grew up with parents that were entrepreneurs and they had four or five businesses that had different lifespans throughout my upbringing. So, um, my dad and I started in a credit repair business. So, we were just helping people fix their credit. Uh, it was actually super rewarding, but we uh, ended up not making a ton of money in it. One of the things that we found was that uh, while we were fixing people's credit, like most people are fixing their credit to have some type of a life event. Maybe they're buying a car, maybe they're buying a house. And so we actually helped a couple of people uh, to where they were able to buy a house, but we noticed that, you know, we weren't the people that were helping them get that end result, which was, you know, getting into home ownership. And so we thought, well maybe we could get a real estate license, still help people in that sense, but then help them buy a home. Mm-hmm. And that would, you know, be much more rewarding in that sense. Um, so I got my real estate license. And uh, I guess another factor in that is that I just had always kind of known that I think the most wealthy people own real estate or they invest in real estate in some sense. That just seems to be um, one of those, I guess, cycles that you
0: see is the wealthy people on real estate. And so anyways, that's what led me into it. So what I'm hearing you say is you wanted to be rich, so you got into real estate.
1: Yeah, yeah. In, a, in a way, I guess, like my, um, my parents have had a lot of ups and downs in their businesses. Oh. We, I certainly grew up living a really nice lifestyle. Um, however, that's not to say that there weren't times where I remember growing up and, uh, you know, like we had the house up for sale because my parents' business had essentially gone out of business. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's not to say that there weren't hard times growing up, but, um, I, grew up, I guess, with a certain lifestyle and I have just wanted to to maintain it. And I, I don't know that it's necessarily about the things uh, or just having nice stuff, of course that's nice, but I think it's just about the freedom and the lifestyle that you live. Um, like an example, when I was in junior high, I remember my parents had just sold a business and it uh, was one of the best moves they've made in their career, arguably. And I just remember, I'd, I'd, go to, I'd be going to school And I was looking at my parents like, you guys don't have to go to work today. And they're like, yeah, we we don't have to go to work. And I was like, well, you know, that's not fair. Like, I have to go to school and you guys get to just stay home and do whatever you want. And I remember that was kind of like a pivotal moment when I realized that um, just that if I wanted to live the lifestyle that I wanted, I was going to have to go into business for myself in some sense. Hmm. How old were you? Uh, I was in junior high, so I was probably 12 or 13. Okay. And growing up too, I just, there was never a job that, I never wanted to go work a job. People would be like, what do you want to do when you get older? I was like, I don't want to have to, I don't want to have to work. Mm-hmm. I'd love to just be able to like do what I want. Of course, I could still be working, but okay. I wanted to be able to go out and do what I wanted and what excited me. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, definitely, and maybe this is due to your parents being entrepreneurs, but um, it's definitely not the prescribed path that we get in school, right? Like, normally it's, and I've said it on a thousand times on the podcast, you know, you, you get good grades, so you can get into a good school, so you can get a good degree, so you can get a good job, and so on and so forth until you're too old to enjoy any money that you may have accumulated, right? But um I think entrepreneurs and just other there's just a different mindset which you know you and I were talking about that before we jumped on here and started recording but um, yeah no I mean tell, tell us a little bit about this first real estate deal that you did and um, maybe some of the challenges but also some of the benefits of doing it and yeah I'd love to hear how that was because I, I just saw a very little bit after the fact.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh, so my our first deal, we, my wife and I, well, my wife now, Jackie, we hadn't even been married yet. We were uh, like planning the wedding, and so you know the whole plan was to just buy our first property before we, uh, or you know, right before we got married, so that we could get moved in. Um, so we had been looking. This was summer of twenty nineteen, and at the time, the real estate market was extremely hot inventory was low it was super competitive and so we had made about like 10 offers on 10 different properties and we finally landed this one and and got it under contract Um, the whole real estate buying it was relatively simple i mean as we had purchased it there were a couple key things that i looked at i was mainly concerned about the area that we were purchasing in i knew that we could comfortably live in a condo um while i would have liked to have bought a townhouse or a single family home First one, it just we couldn't find anything within our price range in our budget that was a nice enough area, and so kind of my thought was that um, as the market appreciates, area is going to area is going to play a bigger factor in the appreciation we see potentially than uh, the type of home that we were investing in. So yeah, you know, we bought the condo. It was in a fantastic area. The community was really nice, but the Physical condo itself was probably one of the worst in the community. Um, it was just really cosmetically rough. And so I knew that um, going into it, our whole plan was to find something that needed to be fixed up. Uh, I knew with, uh, I guess the way that our taxes, our tax system works is if you own your personal residence for two years and you live there with a spouse, you can take up to $500,000 in tax-free gains and so our whole goal going into it was just to leverage that and live there for two years, uh, fix it up before we move in, obviously, and then sell it on the back end. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that's exactly what happened. We, we purchased it. We did a full flip on it, essentially, and moved in shortly after we got married. And then um, just, you know, we lived there for two years and made the payments. And after two years, it was when we started to look at you know, we're like looking six months out of selling it and I just couldn't believe what the values had done over that short period of time. Of course, ever, anyone who's been looking at real estate or investing knows over the last, well, maybe not necessarily this year, but 2019 and 2020, we had some of the greatest uh, gains in the market that we've seen. And so uh, once we hit that two-year point, we actually sold it. We only owned it for two years in a month. Mm. And we decided that it was just, I, we didn't know what was going to happen going forward in the future. We didn't know if the market was going to continue to go up, which it did a little bit, or if it was going to go down, which it did eventually. But um, we just sold when it made the most sense for us. And we had an opportunity to get into a rental for a period of time and kind of sit out of the market and look for our next property. Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. And to this day, we, from that purchasing that condo and, and selling it, we, um, it's the most money I've ever made in a single transaction, even just for working, you know? Yeah. You How could, much did you guys make? Uh, north of a hundred thousand.
0: Okay. I mean, that's, and, and you know, this is why I think the conversation of getting into the market when you can, as soon as you can, and for as long as you can is important because, like, how long do you think it would have taken you to save up 100000 bucks?
1: A long time. Right? I mean, we wouldn't have been able to if, you you know, saving just isn't the way to wealth. And I've learned that through you, hmm. you know, but you can try and set, even if you were to look at your finances and say, okay, I'm going to set aside 500 bucks a month, like yeah. how, you know, how realistic is that, that you're going to be able to set aside $500 a month and save up to $100,000? The, the hard part becomes we all have things that happen in life. And that's, you know, kind of uh, why you keep some savings in the bank, right? But I don't know that it's realistic to, you just, we always have things that happen in life. Your car dies, this happens, your hot water heater goes out, whatever it might be. And so you always have these expenses. And so um, it, it, it just cuts into that savings, right? So the only way I've ever seen to make true wealth in the shortest amount of time has been through investing. Dude, that's so good because, I so I just got my calculator. Yeah.
0: I just, I was like, oh, I wonder how many months saving 500 bucks a month would it take you to save $100,000? It would take you 200 months. <laughs> 200 months. 200 months. Yeah. That's 16.6 years. Mm-hmm. So you made in 25 months what it would have taken you 16 years to save, right? And granted, like I think you caught the market at the right time because uh, just values exploded after COVID, and like you, you guys timed the market well. But had you not been in the market at all, because I mean I remember 2019; it was a hot market, like you said, mm-hmm. and there were a lot of people who were like, "I'm not going to buy; I'm going to wait
1: for prices to crash." Absolutely, and they're still renting. They are. We. A great example. We had some friends tell us that they're like, "You guys are buying at the top of the market," and still to this day, they're they're still renting. Yeah. Waiting for. I had multiple people that tell us that they're still renting to this day.
0: Yeah. And you, you're over there. You made six figures yeah. by figuring out how to find the worst house or condo in the complex, worst house on the street, if you will, and fix it up. So, like, what you did wasn't easy. Right, it was definitely harder. There were probably nights and weekends that you worked, that you painted, that you laid floors, that you did whatever, to make it, you know, fix fix it up to get top dollar when you sold. But you think about that a little bit extra, and I was thinking about this the other day, just like when it seems like when we do just that extra five or ten percent on top of like what's considered to be normal, like or ordinary. That's probably a better way of saying it. Like that extra becomes extraordinary, right? So the little bit of extra work you guys did on your condo made you north of a hundred thousand, and like that just collapsed sixteen years of your life of saving five hundred bucks a month. You know, I mean, I love Dave Ramsey. Don't get me wrong. We followed his program, Courtney and I did. I think we've talked about that before. Mm-hmm. Um, because, like, we we literally were the typical real estate agent. And I hope there's other real estate agents out there listening to this, um, because we were spending more than we were making, and uh, you know, we weren't saving for taxes, and and so you know, everything was going on credit cards, and it was just like you know, the debt was just building and building, and we had to figure out a way out. And Dave Ramsey's method worked, and it was great, but um, you know, the, the whole thing is they're like, Hey, if you, if you just invest 500 bucks a month, which is the average car payment, which I actually think the average car payments like way higher now. But if you invested that in a good growth stock mutual fund is, you know, their normal pitch, uh, for 30 years, you'd be a millionaire,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Well, I don't really want to wait 30 years to be a millionaire.
1: Well, and also a million dollars today is going to look totally different than what it is in... 30 years. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I mean, feel like...
1: Even I look at, like, million, like a million dollars in the 90s was totally different money than what a million dollars will buy you today.
0: Yeah. yeah. Dude, I, I feel like, and I, people might come at me for saying this, but um, I, I challenge you, like, let's have a conversation. Dude, a million dollars is not very much money. Like, you may think it's a lot of money in the grand scheme of things. Like, a million bucks is not that much money. Because you know, if you think about if if you got a five percent return on your money, a million dollars only gets you fifty thousand dollars a year, right? Well, like who actually lives on fifty grand a year?
1: I think a lot of people, but it's not it's not a an abundant. It's not a lifestyle.
0: No, it's like you're scraping everything. Gas goes up two bucks a gallon.
1: Well, especially yeah, especially today with all the inflation oh, we've seen how expensive. Yeah. Just even I look at our expenses and it's I'm just like, where's are we like spending extra money somewhere? <laughs> Dude, Do I you have, have fraudulent charges <laughs> on our credit cards? They I think, think that, that every every, every <laughs> month I open my credit
0: card bill, I'm like, who stole our credit card? And really, it was just three little kids <laughs> <laughs> that you know they need to eat, they need to be clothed, they need you know, activities, and, like, it's just, life is expensive. It is. And, um, you know, so, like, I just think, you know, for you guys, you do one real estate deal, and tax-free, you're making six figures. Yeah. Like, A, some people work a full year to make that, and then the government takes 30% Mm -hmm. before they even see it. But, you know, you guys, you kind of saw... How the rich do it, and and you know, it's part of the reason I'm doing the podcast. It's part of the reason I'm having you on here, is like if somebody wants that information, they'll find it, and you know, I'd love for them to hear your story and have you inspire them, because literally just one one deal every two years, like I wonder how quickly could you make a million dollars doing one real estate deal a year, right? You know, it'd be interesting to like deconstruct that. But just thinking about your guys's future, you know, you then moved up into a townhouse.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and then I guess continuing the story, yeah, we yeah we sold the we sold our condo and we had the opportunity to sit out of the market for a little bit. Not to say we weren't looking for a house because we we were totally looking for our next place, but it just took a lot longer than we would have liked. Of course, everything that happened now, obviously, just it was it was meant to happen. and just, yeah. you know, it did. Um, and so, we, it was, let's see, when we found our next place, it was like February of this year and we had, you know, we were we were looking on the MLS, we were looking off market, I was knocking doors, like, sending out mailers, uh, doing whatever we could to find the right house and we found a an off market uh, townhouse that was built in like 2017 so it really wasn't it was new to us and relatively new. And it was a for sale by owner. Um, and at the time, this, I guess it wasn't quite spring yet, but this year, uh, the market was still so hot that that Fizbo actually had multiple offers, if you believe it. Um, and so, yeah, we just made an offer on it and closed in three weeks and just did whatever we had to do to be competitive at the time and get the deal done. But what was what was cool about it is Uh, When we were searching for a house, we kind of had, we were at a fork in the road where we're like, okay, we can go buy something that is older, it needs to be fixed up and flip it again, like we did our condo, Mm -hmm. or we could go buy something that's newer, like a townhouse, uh, that is still a, a significant increase in our, in the lifestyle that we're living, but by doing so, it would allow us to bring less cash out of pocket and actually save a nice chunk of that money that we had Uh, gotten from the sale of our condo Mm -hmm. whereas if we bought something that we needed to fix up it was looking like we need to put all of the money into it with the renovations that we had gotten from our condo and we wouldn't have any extra cash left over to invest in another property and so at the time the market was just so hot we had we were struggling to find something to to flip again and so we just opted for the buying the townhouse and having money for a second investment that seemed like the best move and when i look at it like we really didn't need a house and a yard to take care of that was one of the conversations that we had um i remember we were driving one day and i asked you what you think i should do and you're like man if i were you i'd buy a townhouse buy one new construction and i'd invest the rest and i was like okay yeah and it wasn't the answer i was expecting to get from you so it was yeah it was cool
0: yeah well I think it's it's just you know props to you guys for just doing it right like there's a lot of people that you get an idea stuck in your head like oh I'm going to do this one thing this one way and if you're not open to shifting or modifying or doing something different after you get more information mm-hmm. like I think a lot, that a lot of times stops people and prevents people from doing the next deal and then the next deal, right? Where, yeah, like kind of just have to roll with what life gives you sometimes.
1: You do. Well, and for, for us kind of shifting, not to say like direction, but our um, the way we were doing things, like I just have to give props to Jackie because like I'll get honed in on something and be like, this is the system we're working. This is how we're going to do it because our plan has been to do four or five of these flips, you know, every two years, buy and and, and flip it and move in and as, move up in, in the house and the lifestyle that we're living. Uh, but it, it was really Jackie that kind of shifted my perspective on it. And she's like, well, we could buy this and, you know, have less money into it and have a, a house that we don't even have to renovate. We could just move into it. Yeah. Um, so I've just, I got to give props to her because she challenges me in good ways mm-hmm. that, uh, when I look back it has been really pivotal in the decisions we've made. So it's been really, really great. Yeah. It's awesome. Cool. Well, what's next for you guys? Uh, the next, I mean, the next step is just to kind of, as I've seen our lives play out this year, um, I mean the next step is just to start investing in rental properties. Um, Jackie, she was previously a general manager at Vasa and this year, with us getting into our new house, and also uh, me being on the team and the team doing exceptionally well, we've she was able to quit her job and go into real estate full time, uh, which has been a dream for both of us. Ever since we were dating, was for us both to just maybe not necessarily be in business, be in business together, but to not have to go work a job, mm-hmm. to really control our our income and control our life. I think that's one of the most amazing things about real estate is people, no one can come and take it away from you. No one can come and fire you. You go out into the market and you create value and you're paid based on that and that can't be taken away in it. In a way it's almost the most secure thing out there when you look at like security yeah. and income. So that's been our goal. Um, and so with, with us achieving that now and creating some stability in our business, um, the next step is to, again, just take take that chunk of change that we had you know, gotten from the sale of our condo and uh, find a rental property. And then, I mean, you've talked on the podcast about several methods for investing, but it seems like the most realistic one is just the, the stacking method to just try and find one deal and then maybe it's the next year, whatever, find two and then three. and I've seen you and Courtney um, really snowball what you guys have done over the last, I don't know if it's been like three or four years. But I know it all started with one, and then now it's turned into, I mean, it seems like you've got several deals in the works, not just single family, but big commercial properties.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know, big, big
1: relative.
0: But it it does definitely snowball. Yeah. Like, you know, you do one deal, and then it might be a year or two then you do another one and then you know you kind of get a little bit of momentum and then you start doing one a year and you do two a year and you're like, uh, oh, you know, it kind of starts snowballing and and you know it helps being in, in an industry, like even Jackie are both real estate agents, and you've got more control over your income uh, than most people because how however much effort you put in, you can you can reap more. Right. So like it's it's not terribly hard for a real estate agent to make six figures. Uh, It. You know, I think the one thing that I just warn you on and I've been vocal about this on my podcast before, you've probably heard it is like I got stuck being a real estate agent And, and we got stuck living a lifestyle, which wasn't bad. But we just were living at our means. And um, I wasn't investing for a few years. And like, had I just bought one house a year, those four years that I didn't buy a house, or a rental, or whatever, like, I just think about some of the deals I passed up. This would be interesting, since I'm at the computer, we'll pull this open. Um.
1: I'll just touch on that while you're touch on this while you're saying that but like that that advice you're giving is super helpful because I feel like it's it's so easy to just continue to look at deals and see something really great but hesitate or question yourself and go oh is this really you know the right deal is this the right time and I think the answer is that it's just never it's like anything it's never the right time to buy real estate. Well, it
0: never feels like that, right? Because, like, we don't know what the future holds, and it's it's just so tough because we always, like, especially here in Utah, every deal I've ever bought, the day I close on it, I'm like, I don't know if this was a good deal or not. But then you wait three or four years, and you look at where rents go, and with all the money printing and stimulus that's happened, like, we're gonna continue to have inflation, stuff's gonna get more expensive, Like, that's kind of how, like, it's built into our system. The Fed has said they want 2% inflation per year, which means every five years, you're losing 10% of your value, right? So, every 50 years, well, it's probably less than that when you compound it, but every 50 years, essentially, your dollar becomes worthless, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, most people live to be 70, whatever. And so, you know, it's just a gradual thing But it also, when it compounds, it compounds big, especially the further along you go in that horizon, the more expensive stuff gets, right? So, like, I'm just looking back, some of these deals in 2016 that I was convinced we were at the top of the market, and I told people, you know, don't don't buy, the market's gonna crash. Well, let's see. This right here, we sold a new construction house that was 3,600 square feet, or 3,300 square feet. We sold it for 306, 300,000. We sold, oh man, I sold a duplex in Salt Lake City for 225,000 in like by Liberty Park. 7th East. Yeah, really desirable area. I sold a house in Draper for $420,000. Like, I should have been buying half of these houses. But I just got caught up in like, oh, I'm going to be an agent. I'm going to be an agent. And like the transaction treadmill mm-hmm. versus like, hey, should I buy this house? So, I mean, the one thing I just coach you and, and anyone else um, who's, who's listening to this is like, there is a lot of power in... Saving money up and buying one deal a year, like put 10, 20% down on one deal a year and then get a good property manager and, and just like wait a decade. Right. Because it's just the, the, the loans get paid down. Like, dude, look at this. I sold a condo in Midvale for $129,000
1: in 2016. Oh yeah. I know. I know Jackie. My wife actually just sold one on that same street.
0: What did it sell for?
1: Uh, oh, I think it was like I have to look again. Like two fifty? Yeah, it's like two, I was going to say like two twenty five or two fifty. Yeah, yeah.
0: So if you think about like just going back to the hundred thousand dollar conversation from one decision, like if if you as an investor, you know, yeah, you can make money as a real estate agent. That's great. It, you know, somebody could be whatever their job is airline pilot, a cabinet maker, like a general contractor, whatever you do to put food on the table, that's great. But you also need to be an investor, even if you're only buying one deal a year. Because we're now six years later, and buying that one house would have made somebody an extra $100,000 in six years. Yeah, And you know, that may not sound like a ton of money, but again, going back to, well, how long would it take you to save 100 grand? And 16 years at 500 bucks a month, right? So, like, just being able to figure that out and, and figure out, like, hey, money is made by
1: investing, like you said, I think people will be way further along. Yeah, it's true. That's, um, I've seen that re- repeatedly through different mentors and people in my life. You've been one of those people where investing is just really the only true way to become wealthy yeah
0: yeah wealthy in time wealthy in money wealthy in you know friends because you have the time to to go and do things with friends and you know like i had a friend that went skiing yesterday because it snowed eight inches up at um uh, i don't know what resort he went to but you know had i well i worked because i wanted to but had he texted me and been like hey i'm going skiing I had the option to go, hey, I've got the skier's flu today. I'm going to go. And then you think about the deposits you have in a relationship. And even like our most important relationship, right, our marriage, having the time and money just allows you to do things. But like, yeah, like, you know, going to a week in the Caribbean or Hawaii or whatever with Jackie is going to deposit way more into that relationship than extra money.
1: It's so true. It's all about like extra money is great, but it's meaningless if you don't do anything with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Cool. Well,
0: Hunter, this has been super fun. Yeah. Uh, Thank you for coming on. Thank Um, you for having me. If people want to follow your journey and just kind of get to know you a little bit better, how can they do that?
1: Um, yeah the best way you can just find me on Facebook my name's Hunter Labor and then uh, you can find me on Instagram too it's just my name Hunter Labor awesome
0: and if anyone follows me or the benchmark group or real estate team social media you've probably seen Hunter Tagged a time or two when he's closing deals and doing cool things Um, so yeah go give him a follow and I'm excited to see where the next five years takes you and uh, just honored to be part of your journey. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Okay. With that, we'll be signing off. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Financially Free Investor. If you found value in this episode or know someone who would find value in this information, please share with them, subscribe, and send us a review.